The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Barron's Live, the Market Watch edition. I'm Rachel Koning Beals, an assistant managing editor and a reporter at Market Watch. I'm joined today by Ross Schwaber, Senior Vice President of Product at Outdoorsy, a global marketplace for short-term listing and rental of recreational vehicles, RVs as we know them. Welcome, Ross. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I appreciate it. Well, this is big business, and I'm not just talking about the the size of, of what we might be pulling down the road. You guys are now several years in. You're the only global marketplace for RV rentals and outdoor experiences. You've had about 25,000 unique rentals in over 4,800 cities and 11 countries. Uh, Chatter around some of the travel sites I've been following. Talk a lot about nearcations. We know staycations, right? Just staying in your own city and enjoying it. Nearcations, I guess you push out a little bit into the outdoors. Uh, They're the way to go this summer. that means RVing in a lot of cases, right? So tell me a little bit, what is Outdoorsy? How do people use it? How did it all come about? Yeah, um, so Jen and Jeff, uh, two of our co-founders, I think we're, we're sitting in a conference room listening to company updates uh, uh, with the executives they were working with. And Jen was a marketing contractor, Jeff was a board member, um, and they, they'd known each other for a while. Uh, and in the evening, they started talking about ideas for a business. They, they wanted to get out of the boardroom and, and kind of embrace that entrepreneurial spirit that they both had. And their idea was to involve, had to involve the outdoors and, and really kind of authentic experiences, help people kind of reconnect and, and unwind. And they came upon the idea of Outdoorsy, and it was great. But not only did it check those boxes, it, it also helped other people, the hosts on Outdoorsy. Uh, it helps them start their own small businesses and put money back in their pockets. So uh, then they, they, they sold everything they owned, uh, you know, taking a big risk like a lot of entrepreneurs do. And they hit the road to learn about the market more. Yeah. They bought an SUV. They bought a trailer. They crisscrossed the country. They, they talked to thousands of RVs. They tell the story of kind of looking at Craigslist for RV rentals and calling these owners and, and talking to them and, and really trying to understand what they needed to, to drive their businesses and, and be more successful at what they were already, in some cases, doing. Uh, mm-hmm. They really immersed themselves in the outdoor travel industry, learned it from the ground up, right? And yeah. I was lucky enough to join them about three years ago, and we just celebrated $2 billion in transactions with wow, most yeah. of that money flowing directly to, to, to our hosts. Gotcha. So, really Do you consider your, yourselves competitors to Airbnb or, or that's a different category? I think it's a, you know, we're both marketplace businesses, uh, but it's really a different category. Um, we're, we're competing, obviously, for, uh, for, for our guests' vacation dollars, but it's different options. I think there's room for uh, 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 a city break that you might take on Airbnb, but there's also room for outdoor travel. Yeah, for sure. Talk a little bit about your offerings. So from vintage Airstreams to a variety of sizes. Um, well, you know what? Ross, let me step back. Let's let's explain for folks 
the difference between RV, camper, trailer, motor home, all words that might sort of be in the same conversation. So give us those definitions and, and then let's talk about the offerings on, on your site. Yeah, I, I think what we kind of can break them down, if you go onto our site, you'll see that we are broken down into drivables and towables, yep. uh, which, which kind of makes it more approachable. And there's different categories within, within both classifications. So a drivable might be everything from uh, those big kind of tour bus type vehicles, the class A's that you see, to, uh, to a, a camper van or a converted, uh, a converted van. Right. And so you have all these different options in between and it, it can be based on kind of your level of comfort driving or your vacation needs. Uh, the towables are are different They're there. They can be it, it's some of it's about what your 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 car can handle. Sure. Right? You've got you can't you can't tow a, a 7000 pound RV with a Toyota Prius, but you can trail uh, tow a pop up or a teardrop trailer. Yeah. Everything up to, you know, uh, a fifth wheel that that can be uh, towed by a, a big Ford F-250 dually, right? That you can live in for a month. Gotcha. And so then are are the owners, are the listers, they're, they tend to only list the the trailer itself, uh, the, the towable, or are they offering up, you know, a, a truck or a sizable, uh, you know, vehicle to to do the towing? So some, some listers do offer tow vehicles, but for, for those trailers, delivery is a great option. So we offer, so you can, you can pick up that RV and you can go on a road trip, but a, a lot of people, like you mentioned in, in the intro, are, are booking these places to go camping close to home okay. and they'll arrange for these, these vehicles to get delivered. And there's, there's, and so you arrive at the campsite, everything's all set up for you and, and you have your vacation there. So you don't even have to worry about towing it. Gotcha. Now let's get in a little bit to, um, you know, some of the vintage offerings. Airstreams remain popular decades and decades later. Um, you mentioned that the teardrop kind of, you know, maybe an intimate stay for two people with, with a way to kind of pop your, your, your cooking surface outdoors. So talk a little bit about some of the, some of the offerings that, that users might be able to expect. Yeah, it's, it's really about the type of vehicle that allows you to take the vacation that you want to take, in, in my opinion, right? Like you said, there are the little pop-ups and teardrop trailers that you can tow with a car. That might be great for a couple looking for a quick getaway or a, you know, a father-son, father-daughter type quick little vacation, right? There are the Class B RVs and camper vans. You know, the ones you always see on Instagram with the back door open, a picture of your favorite you know, influencer's feet looking out onto the ocean. Um, there's the Class Cs that are great for family vacations. It's, I think that's what people kind of typically think of the RV, where you've got the bunk over the cab. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the class A's, which are kind of mansions on wheels. So that mm -hmm. I think when you start to think about the offerings, you have to think about, uh, the type of trip you want to take and, and what you're looking to do. Got you. And then do, do the listers themselves set prices or, or does the marketplace does outdoorsy sort of give parameters so that, you know, you're sort of within a, a band of, of prices for a certain category. I think, you know, market economics work here, right? So I think the market really sets the prices. We don't set prices. The, the listers do. Okay. And the listers, you know, uh, there's a, we have more supply than ever. I think a lot of people bought RVs during the pandemic wow. and they're looking to make a few extra dollars to help make the payments on them or to, uh, 
to, to utilize what's really kind of an asset that sits there on their driveway a, a lot of the time, not being used. And so when they, uh, when they look to set pricing, they're really looking at, you know, what does this type of vehicle command in this market at, at this time of year? So the pricing is really dynamic. That's great. I just wanted to remind our, our listeners, our viewers to, to send in any questions you have for Ross as, as we go along here. And, and, and I'll be happy to, to ask him, um, send them at any time during, during the broadcast. We look forward to, to hearing from you. Um, who, who does RV these days, Ross, by, by gender, by region, by age, you know, you mentioned COVID and, and that sort of changed the way we all travel. And, and what is sort of the legacy from COVID, if, if you will, if, if that's relevant to, to, ca- to categorize it that way? Who, you know, who is your typical RVer or is there no typical? I think, I think that's what changed a lot during COVID is that there is no typical RVer anymore. Um, the uh, people discovered, you know, what I think you said closecations staying nearby. Um, I think about my family, right? And I think about what we used to do uh, and and the trips that we used to take. And it's not about getting on a, a plane anymore for a lot of people, right? I live in the Bay Area. Uh, I took my kids to see the giant sequoias at Big Tree State Park. You can go to one of the new outdoorsy campgrounds. We have one in Bass Lake by Yosemite. Uh, we took a trip to the vineyards in Napa, the mountains in Tahoe. We even tailgated at a 49ers game. I think people are realizing how much there is to do in their own backyards. And so it's really expanded the, 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 and included RVing as part of the vacation consideration set for a lot of people. That's great. That's great. And in, in re- regionally, you, you find listings uh, everywhere, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, Gulf, Gulf states. Yeah, it, it really is everywhere. I think some of the types of vacations uh, vary depending on where you are that you take, right? So when you're in the West, you've got this great loop of national parks, right? You've got, uh, you've got Yellowstone. You've got all these, these great places that you can go visit. You've got Southern Colorado like, around Durango. Um, really, really interesting places to go see. And then you've got also the Gulf, right? You've got the beach vacations on, on the Gulf of Mexico. You've got going to see the fall foliage in New England. So there's really uh, options for everyone. So what we're seeing is while there's definitely kind of regional uh, variances, right? The traditionally kind of more outdoor travel areas, right? Like, like the Western United States, like the South, um, you really are seeing this kind of lifestyle expand everywhere. Yeah. Boy, I almost hate to ask this next question because I really hope that people do unplug. But as people have more flexible uh, work schedules, are you seeing uh, technology evolve that uh-huh. you know they can have Wi-Fi hotspots or that parks themselves are being uh, you know more inclusive with with Wi-Fi? Is it possible to to work from your your RV? Uh-huh. Oh, might have lost you there, Ross. Did you hear my question? I'll give him just a second. <laughs> Someone's construction. Ross, you want me to repeat that question? Were you able to hear it? 
Hi, sorry. I, it looks like I got disconnected. I'm, oh, I can uh, hear you now. So how about, I think there's a little echo, but how about if I repeat that question? I wondered and I, and I said, oh, I hate to almost ask it because I wish people would disconnect totally and, and enjoy nature. But I wondered if you're seeing demand for hybrid workspaces where people can find Wi-Fi hotspots or the parks themselves are being a little bit better uh, or, or offering, you know, Wi-Fi con connectivity. Can, can you work from your RV? That you absolutely can. Uh, apologies for the the connection difficulties. I hope you guys can can hear me now and 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 and, and see me again. Um, we, we... Hello. Hello. Give it a try. Um, One more try, Ross. Do you mind? Well, Ross, I'll keep talking to our viewers. If you want to maybe just, how about now? Go ahead. I think, I think, I think I've got it. Can you repeat that question? I, I apologize. No, not at all. So, so hoping people disconnect, but if you had to be connected to work, are we seeing uh, RVs and opportunity in the parks themselves, making sure that there are Wi-Fi, uh, you know, if it, there's Wi-Fi availability or people are bringing their own hotspots, et cetera. Can you, can you work from an RV these days? Yeah, I, I think you can. Um, the number one park amenity has to be Wi-Fi at this point, not just for uh, for work, but for for those movie nights you want to do with your kids in the RV or, or things like that. I think we're also seeing uh, what we, we've noticed this trend in trip length, and we we really believe that it's fueled by flexible work and and the ability to work anywhere. Um, you also have new internet options. It's really easy to, to set up a Starlink and connect from anywhere. So uh, I think the answer to that question is definitely yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I, like I said, I almost hate to ask it because I, I you know, unplug people, truly unplug if you, if you can, <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, but it's important no, to have, have options. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, I think that the, I think it, it's really great though, because you get to, you get to to see the U.S., you get to see Canada, and you get to really see, uh, spend time with your friends and family that you might not have been able to and really extend yeah. those trips. So uh, I, I'm 100% for completely unplugging sometimes, but it, give that flexible lifestyle really adds a lot to, to this experience that we're all going through. For sure. Well, um, our listeners can definitely, you know, explore your site, but let's just kind of top, you know, high level, let's just talk a little bit about how it works. Because if I'm, if I own a, an RV and I'm listing it, I've, I've got some concerns potentially, right? Some, some damage or, or, um, you know, it's strangers in your RV, right? So I know some of the suggestions are that you guys do an automatic DMV background check. Uh, you recommend that listers, you know, check out the renters, maybe on social media, get a sense for, I don't know, lifestyle, who knows, right? Um, meaning big parties or not, but um, yeah. any, any, any just top, you know, advice uh, to kind of soothe people that might be a little bit afraid to, to take the plunge as, as a lister. Yeah, I think uh, our, ho so our, our, a marketplace business is built on trust, right? That, yeah. That's one of the things that's, that's core to, to our value proposition is making sure that you can trust both sides of the transaction. 
right? And so when you're a lister, when you're creating your profile, you, you have options around what types of trips you, you might feel comfortable with. Some people don't like their RVs going to music festivals, right? Okay. Or, or for tailgating. And you can, you can tick that box so that renters who are exploring their options know that that's not something you really feel super comfortable with. Um, on the renter side, we, once you, once you, uh, once you kind of make a request to book, what we do is we take you through kind of a motor vehicles record check, right? And we're starting to understand uh, uh, and ensure that you're a safe driver, right? Because you, this is a big asset for a lot of these listers and we want to make sure. sure. Um, Outdoorsy also has a, a sister company called Romley and that's our insurance provider. Okay. Uh, and what that means is that every trip comes with insurance, right? You're, you're buying an insurance package to cover the vehicle while it's on the road. So, so as a lister, if anything does happen, you're a hundred percent protected. Got it. Got it. And then any advice, um, if I'm a, a sort of a newbie renter, um, you know, is, is it as basic as start small and kind of build up, you know, um, you know, what, what, what sort of a two or three, you know, must knows for people that want to, you know, camp with a big vehicle for the first time? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a few things. Um, you have to remember that uh, driving a class B is, is really kind of as very similar to driving something like a minivan, right? Sure. And, and anybody that feels comfortable driving one of those uh, could feel comfortable driving a class B. Uh, I remember my first experience, I drove up the coast from San Francisco to Seattle, right? To, to see some of the, the Pacific coast. And I, I rented a class C and I was actually really surprised with how simple and easy it was to drive. Um, so I don't think that um, that's that much of a concern. I also think, like I was talking about before, I think if, if you are a little uncomfortable, right? The, the one is that the owners don't just hand you the keys and walk away. They're not saying, hey, good luck with this thing. It's not like you're at the Hertz rental car counter and okay. they hand you the keys and you go pick it up in the parking lot. They take you through the functions of how the RV operates. They, they show you, these, these, are, these are houses on wheels, right? Your, your average rental car doesn't have a flushing toilet and an electrical generator, right? Um, so they take you through the ins and outs of how the vehicle operates. And they even usually take you on a test drive, right? So that you can really get an idea of how it feels. And, and they give you those tips and pointers while you're going. Um, and then if you really are uncomfortable, delivery is a great option. 70% of our hosts now offer delivery as an option. Okay. So if you want to take this, uh, what we find is most people aren't driving uh, long distances. They're driving on day one of their trip and day seven of their trip when they bring it back. So if you are uncomfortable and you still want to take that RV trip or you don't have a vehicle that can tow maybe a trailer, the delivery is a great option for you. Got it. Got it. And I don't, I'm sure it varies, but, or, or let me ask it this way. Does the lister set the premium for delivery or is that a standard fee that, that you guys apply? Obviously mileage would, would impact that a little bit. Too. Yeah. The lister will set up usually a per mile charge. Okay. Um, for, for something like delivery, but usually the cost of off of delivery is offset by, by cheaper insurance. If you're not really driving this thing on the road, uh, the risk that something happens is way lower, right? I see. So the insurance packages become uh, much cheaper for something when it's delivery only. Yeah. 
Well, hey, if I can ask you to widen the lens a little bit, just on on travel in in general, you know, you guys have kind of a nice catbird seat on on demand. Um, you know, AAA had some numbers about how many Americans, 42 million traveled over Memorial Day weekend. That's up 7% from, from Memorial Day weekend last year. Um, summer is supposed to be hot, hot, hot for, for road travel, although not quite to pre-pandemic levels, says AAA. What, what's your guys' sense of, of just travel and, and road travel demand, uh, you know, as we head into the summer months? Yeah. So we had a record May. Okay. Um, revenue is higher than ever. Um, and it's because people are choosing, I think, RV travel as a, a really great vacation option. Uh, when you think the, about the, uh, the American wallet at, at, at this point, the, there is a little bit of tightening and RV trips are one of the most affordable vacations you could take uh, for, as, a, as a family of four. You get to bring your dog too, right? <laughs> you don't have yeah. to pick your dog for it or anything like that. Um, the, what we see is that the average RV trip uh, since, since 2022, you look at inflation and you see the average RV trip has gone up 11%. Okay. And the average uh, uh, average hotel stay, plane flight, vacation has gone up about 50%. Yeah. So RV travel is one of the most affordable options out there. And we're seeing people choose it for their family vacation because there's uh, it's, it's affordable. It's fun for, for the kids, right? And, and, it, and, it, and it's easy. So whereas you might not see as many of the road trips like AAA, but I think that when people are are thinking through their vacation considerations that RV travel has really become uh, a great affordable option for people. So uh, my when I look at our June and July and August numbers, um, uh, and we look at something called our fill rate, right, the amount of trips that we expect to be taken, they're higher than ever. Okay. And, you know, gasoline, obviously, big vehicles take, take a lot of gas. Um, do you guys see demand, you know, rise and fall depending on how much how much gas prices are at the pump? I mean, we were at about four dollars a gallon this time last year. We've come down a bit. Um, you you noted you just noted the overall difference in inflation for RV travel and other travel. But what about the gas piece? What what are your uh, users? You know, how, what does the comment say typically when it comes to, to gas prices? Yeah, I live in California. I think we were at seven dollars last yeah. year. It's crazy. But I think that's one of the biggest myths of RV travel is that you use a lot of gas. We we talked a little bit about being in your backyard, right? Yep. Uh, the average trip is only one hundred twenty miles from home. Okay. Right? Um, and you're not driving to a lot of locations. Usually you're driving to the campground or the national park or wherever you are that you want to take your vacation. And then you, you tend to stay there. So when you talk about a 250 mile round trip, you're talking about a tank of gas, right? You're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of miles. Of course, there are the people that take these great American road trips and drive hundreds of miles, but most of these trips are just happening right in people's backyards and, and gas while people think about that, it's it's not as big a consideration as you might think. Gotcha, gotcha. You are an international company. I, I know the bulk of your of your market is U.S. based, but um, quite a quite a lot of demand in Canada, and and even farther abroad. You're you're in several uh, countries. Any any tips for would be uh, campers when it comes to camping abroad? Yeah, I, like I, like you said, I think our bread and butter is the the U.S. market, but where 
we actually see the opposite trend a lot, which is a lot of Europeans are discovering the uh, the national parks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Americans are going to see the great national parks that Canada has in Banff and some of the other provinces that you might you might find. Um, I don't think that there uh, there's anything in particular that you might say is is that different, right? Outdoor travel is outdoor travel, and it's really just a pro. It's really approachable, right? If you can camp in the U.S., you can camp in uh, on in on the coast of Spain or in on the kind of the White Cliffs of Dover in the U.K. Right? Gotcha. Is there anything in the documentation? You know, if if I'm driving a vehicle across the border, or or I'm I have an American passport and I'm camping on the coast of Spain. How does the documentation work and sort of proving that this was a rental and you're, you're supposed to be in this vehicle? Yeah. Uh, I mean, every trip comes with a certificate of insurance, right? Okay. So that you, you know that you're insured and you're legal and, and most U.S. drivers, this isn't advice, but most U.S. driver's licenses in most foreign countries you can drive for sure. at least 30 days uh, on, on your U.S. driver's license. Most of the time, it's even longer than that. So in terms of the legalities of that, I think it, it, we make sure as a marketplace that we're never putting anybody on the road in a place or in a way that they're not supposed to be on the road, right? That's that's one of our jobs. Um, I think uh, I think that when you're, you're doing some research, you have to look at local laws and regulations. Not every place... Even in the U.S., right? Not every place wants you just pulling up on the beach and parking. It's sure. it's making sure that you're staying in places that you're supposed to stay. Um, there's lots of great options. Lots of different um, businesses are even opening up their 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 parking lots to you as a consumer to let you stay, whether it's vineyards or breweries or, or things like that. It, there, there's so many options. And my, my advice to anybody looking to plan a great trip is kind of do your research, right? Mm-hmm. And, and think a little bit outside the box, right? It's, 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 it's not, I have to stay at a campground. There's a lot of potential places that are open to RV travel in general. Gotcha. You know, as, as a woman who myself, as who, who really likes to travel alone, I, I like alone time. I, I'm, I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> but, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, you get a little pang of, should I really be traveling alone? Um, do people RV alone? I, I hope so. I, do, do you get a sense of, of that? Are younger generations willing to sort of camp on their own? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's it's how you want to connect with nature, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's the big thing. I don't think of RVing as a, uh, the, that's not the destination. The destination is the outdoors. Yeah. And different people want to, connect with outdoors and they, they want to connect with outdoors at, in different ways at different times. Sometimes I like to go for a hike alone. Sometimes I like to go for a hike with my friends and family. Sometimes I just like to take my dog. Right. Um, it really is, uh, is, uh, a really flexible way to tra- travel. And if you, you can, you can just go on Instagram and you can see the young people in this country re- retrofitting these vans, Yes. And and living on the road by themselves and and experiencing the U.S. and I think that it just goes to show that this this kind of vacation type is and this kind of lifestyle is is open for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that kind of that's a nice segue to actually my next question. I know Volkswagen just revealed for Europe only, but an update to the classic VW van, which. Love have hosted it. more than a few overnighters <laughs> over the decades, right? It's all electric this time. I just kind of wondered, 
do you find in feedback from, from your users that younger generations, do they care more about sustainability, presumably are valuing nature, maybe different than, than other generations and, and, and interested in fighting climate change? How much do those factors, uh, you know, come up when, when you guys are, are, are drawing up business plans and, and thinking about growth? Yeah, when you when when you're an outdoor travel brand, one of your core principles has to be how do you protect nature, and and I think it's something that we think about and all the time. Um, in terms of the of kind of the carbon footprint of these vehicles, again, it's 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 a vacation option that you're not burning fossil fuels on uh, on long plane flights to to Europe, and you're not. Uh, yeah, it, it's really, really efficient, and I we love um, to see the rise of the the electric RV and, mm-hmm. and what it can mean to make our industry greener. Um, we actually just started offering with our insurance company a product called Romely Green, which gives discounts to to uh, to green vehicles. Gotcha. Um, Neil had a had a good question, Ross. He wants to know who's responsible if the RV breaks down while the renter is is driving it. Does the insurance um, offering cover repairs in that sense? Yeah, not only does it uh, cover repairs, every one of our trips comes with uh, roadside assistance. So uh, if you are left on the side of the road, uh, we, we you're fully covered, and we we help you get back on your feet too, right? We, we, the, the insurance packaging comes with, sometimes it comes with trip, insur- trip interruption coverage. Ah. So if you need a hotel room or a rental car for a night while, while, while the vehicle gets repaired, we're, we're there to help you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, this has been great. Um, any, any parting shot, Ross, for, for people to keep in mind as they, as they explore the site and maybe think about a big RV trip this summer? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that as you're considering your, your vacation, uh, America and the outdoors of America has a ton to offer. And I'd encourage you all to think about uh, the exploring our beautiful national parks and, and spending time with family in the outdoors. And, yeah, uh, and, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. It, it, this has been great. And I, I really appreciate getting to talk to you guys all about our business. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. Well, we hope you listen to our next episode tomorrow. Barron's Deputy Editor Alex Yule and Associate Editor for Technology Eric Savitz discuss the outlook for tech companies and individual stocks. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe. Have a good day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.